Hey guys, it's Aaron. Just wanted to let you know this is part two of a two-part series. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we obviously recommend that you go back and listen to that one. Or you can just continue on if you want to be a rebel. And if you have already listened to the previous episode, well, I'm sorry for wasting your time. Enjoy. Hi, this is Cameron George with Ard Beg. Pour yourself a dram, settle on in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. You talked a little bit about, um, you know, the maturation process. I, I assume from fermentation all the way to, the, you know, distilling the, 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 the spirit itself sounds very unique. And there's other episodes for the listeners where we talk about that. You'll have to listen. Um, and they're out there. We actually have some, I don't want to get into much of that time. It, are, there un, are there unique processes with that maturation that Ardbeg does outside of the box? Because, again, I, I joked around before about sending whiskey to space, and that's more yeast and everything. But what is Ard, can you tell us a little bit about what Ardbeg does differently to kind of to kind of change that paved road, maybe the the unbeaten path, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was actually just having, uh, drams on Friday, um, virtually with my boss, David Blackmore. And after a few of them, we were kicking around some ideas. We were like, well, what is it that Dr. Bill could possibly be working on? So we took some, some stabs in the dark and a couple of them, I was, we were like, that actually is probably viable. He may have something like this in the works. So uh, in terms of things that, you know, that we were thinking, hey, maybe this may, you know, come to life some sometime in the future where we had believed that there's a chance that maybe there are buried tasks um, at Ardbeg. Uh, we have heard legend and rumor uh, of something like that maybe being buried in one of the Dunnage warehouses, because, again, casks do have to be aged in their in their warehouses. You can't just bury a cask on, on the ground. So we're, we're, we theorize that there may be a buried cask in one of the warehouses at Ardbeg, which would be super cool. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that. Um, but in terms of Ardbeg's core range and how we approach maturation, because I think that's the heart of the question that you were getting at. Mm. Um, this is one of the areas that I find Dr. Bill, again, removing his head and having to put on a different head when he's talking about our, when he's talking about maturation at Ardbeg versus Glenmorangie. So our good friends over at the Glenmorangie are the pioneers with finishing. So, you know, pioneering, taking something out of X bourbon cast and putting it into a secondary cast for further maturation, i.e. things like La Santa, Nectador as well. But at Ardbeg, our spirit profile is a little bit harder to push in one direction or another in two years. Um, think of it like a speedboat versus a cruise ship, right? It is very mm -hmm. easy to turn that, to turn that speedboat on a dime. It's a little bit more difficult to turn a, a spirit like Ardbeg, um, in the matter of two years. So Ardbeg would, of course, be the cruise ship in that analogy there. So at Ardbeg, we don't feature or we don't, um, practice 
uh, I guess I should say we don't practice in finishing. What we specialize in is whole components that are aged separately that are then brought together. Hmm. So you look at even something like Ardbeg 10 years old, which is completely based on ex-bourbon cast first, second, and a cheeky little bit of third fill ex-bourbon cast going on there. That's the heartbeat and the thumbprint for every single other whiskey coming from Ardbeg. There are whiskeys in that style that make up the lion's share of every other whiskey in our core range, as well as Ardbeg Black as well. There's a lot of whiskey in that style in there. So the ancillary components in things like Ardbeg Beastie or Oogadol are going to be sherry cast, primarily Oloroso sherry cast. In Beastie, it's a refilled Oloroso sherry cast, so this is its second time being filled. In Ardbeg Oogadol, it is generally first fill Oloroso sherry cast. In something like Cory Vrecken, which is one of my absolute sweetheart darling drams, I love that whiskey so much. It is, of course, first, second, and third fill ex-bourbon cast, but the ancillary component is going to be virgin French oak. And then in something like Ardbeg Anno, which is probably the most complex whiskey coming from the distillery because it has the most moving pieces, it's, of course, those first, second, and third fill ex-bourbon barrels married to whiskeys that have been matured wholly in Pedro Jimenez sherry cask and whiskey that's been matured wholly in virgin American oak cask. So you have five different whiskeys that are being utilized to bring that one uh, that one whiskey to life. I like that continuous kind of profile. Um, and, and you can taste the, you know you're drinking an Arbeg when you're drinking an Arbeg, but then there's the nuances. Exactly. Tell me, Aaron just pulled out... Um, one of my favorites from your line, I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, I, I was able to get the first run of it. And it is, I want to talk about how unique, how against the grain it is. Uh, that I'm talking age statement. I'm talking um, what it brought to the table. The push I got, I heard from a few people. And now this overwhelming love for this whiskey and very hard to find. I, I think this one goes toe-to-toe with a lot of American, um, you know, um, uh, um, like allocated whiskeys because um, it's it's tough to find. I got a buddy that was like, I got two of them. Come buy them. The Ardbeg Weed Beastie. It is. Yeah. It's a very. It's cool. It's a very cool whiskey. It's just. It's just fun. It's. It's. It's awesome profile. I mean, it's. It's rich. It's PD Ford. It's five years old, which gets people all up in arms. I hate age statements, but that is what it is. <laughs> I just have one favor to ask as we get into this, because I adore the Wee Beastie. And I am like eight months pregnant and have been running a whiskey podcast with these guys. <laughs> and we're talking to you about Ardbeg Wee Beastie, and it hurts. So, just, you know. Can you tell us about, talk about the... I won't, it, I won't drink it all before you're, before you're done. Thanks. I've got, an, I've got a, an open bottle <laughs> waiting on you. Um the phenomenon that it really it is. I mean, and I I don't want to overshadow anything that's produced by Ardbeg because there's amazing stuff that exists that's coming out. Um, some great ones that are I'd say I don't want to say better, but that I that are more you know complex and deep and 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 you know whatever. But there is this new a this this weird surrounding on this whiskey. It, it has this cool movement that I'm like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about where that came from? What it, was that expected? What you thought when it first rolled out and all of those things? Yeah. Um, so I actually, I, this is a whiskey that I have that is basically in my DNA as I actually did get to choose the bottling proof uh, for this whiskey. 
Um, so 47.4 percent was uh, was a, was a fun project to be involved in. Um, and when we set out, I under we understood that the topic of conversation with WeBC in terms of what the whiskey is going to express and communicate isn't the same as what Ardbeg Tenure or Ardbeg No or Corey of Brecken or Ugadal want to express. Whiskey in my, the way that I kind of process whiskey in my frontal cortex is that it is a form of nonverbal communication. So these are liquid stories. So the liquid story of Ardbeg Wee Beastie is taking you out of the distillery and trying to communicate that sense of place that is called Castle Hill, which is the peat bog from which we source all of the peat uh, that Port Ellen Malting Facility uses for Ard, for Ardbeg's malted barley. So that Castle Hill um, is really interesting. If you ever get to visit Isla, you'll drive right past it as soon as you get off of the, you know, off of the airport um, and you're making your way to Port Ellen and ultimately down to Ardbeg Distillery. As we mentioned, during the malting process or post-malting, you're going to lose pieces of that uh, of these phenolic components these phenols there's a there is an, an attrition to these phenolic compounds um, at every step from you know the moving of that malted barley from port ellen malting facilities to ardbeg from grinding that malted barley down into grist grit and huff to fermentation to distillation and maturation you're going to lose phenols at every single turn of the occasion so what would you do to make a whiskey communicate a sense of place that is more akin to that peat bog? Well, you would shorten the amount of time that it's maturing, right? Because then you don't have such an attrition of as many of those compounds. So whereas a whiskey like Ardbeg 10 years in glass probably has about 30 to 35 parts per million in terms of the, the phenols, a whiskey like Ardbeg Wee Beastie is going to be about 30 to four, 35 to 40 in terms of the PPM. Wow. So we're really trying to communicate a, very much so that central place that is the peat bog, not necessarily the distillery's operation. So to bring back some of that vegetation and vegetal note, I really do look to Dr. Bill and take my hat off and, and applaud him for deciding to use second fill Oloroso Sherry sherry casks because they really do allow not only for us to see some of Ardbeg, the distillery's thumbprint, but then also reintroduce some of those rustic and vegetal notes that we really want akin or really want pronounced in a heavily peated whiskey like this one. Um, in terms of the bottling proof, how we landed on 47.4, that, that was a fun week and a half of work. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. They it spent, sounds terrible already, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was absolutely horrible. Nobody, else, no, nobody wants to be you know, regaled with this terrible story, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, darn. So, uh, <laughs> oh, darn. So um, Dr. Bill and, uh, at the time, Brendan McCarran, who was the head of maturing whiskey stocks for Ardbeg, he's now over with Bunahaben and Tobamore and Lechig um, distilleries. But the two of them sent me five families of whiskey um, as applicants. Each family, we can go through and we'll say A, B, C, D, and E. Each family had five whiskeys. So A1 through A5 and then E1 through E5. And each of these whiskeys, um, and it was done totally blind, so I didn't know what I was tasting. But each of them, each family was take family A being 50% ex-bourbon, 50% Oloroso, 
and then A1 would have been cast strength. A5 would have been all the way down at like 40%. Um, and then, you know, let's take B would have been, you know, let's say 50% ex-bourbon, 40% Oloroso sherry, so on and so on and so on. So we ended up tasting through, eliminating outliers, and we were left with about seven potential WeBC kind of final applicants, so to speak. Um, and I ended up making the selection of, uh, I believe it would have been C3, which ended up being one that uh, they ended up selecting to be the final bottling proof um, and cask regiment for our big WeBC. So somewhere in there at almost 50-50 ex-bourbon to Oloroso and then 47.4% alcohol by volume. Mm. Can you just I'll, like autograph a bottle and send it to us? It can be an empty bottle. She's never I'll asked that. <laughs> she really hasn't. She really hasn't. And we've had Jim McEwen on the show. She's yeah. never asked for anything yeah. autographed. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. No, it's just it's a testament to how fantastic this whiskey is. I mean, I remember this is one of the first sherry finished whiskeys that really got behind. And mm-hmm. I just, again, like, the original tasting that I had, it was another live tasting that we did uh, maybe a year ago or so. I just remember um, you guys were actually leading it at the time. And I was sitting. I was like off duty for this one. It was just the Bobby and Aaron show. And we got to the Wee Beastie. And I'm I'm nosing it. And it's it's almost like a mesquite, like a sweet smokiness to it. And then mm-hmm. I got just like this, this fresh sawdust, which was a very personal scent for me. Because my husband and I have been doing a lot of construction over the last couple of years, both in in getting um, this entertainment venue together that we're now running, uh, doing work on the house that we've like been building an addition on together. So just the smell of that fresh blade has just stopped spinning sawdust was one of the first things that came to mind. And then I got this delicious little kick of like a green jalapeno just mm-hmm. mixed in with all of it. And I just, I fell in love with this whiskey, so... Yeah, this is this is a. I'm enjoying this conversation a lot. Well, and I'll tell you, it's. A, I, I love that. The, I was gonna say. I, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, oh, no, yeah. please. I was gonna you. say. I, I love those. I love those tasting notes because, like, I can when you extrapolate those, you can you can see where they're born. So that green jalapeno, that is the distillery's DNA and thumbprint shining through, and then that fresh hewn sawdust blade just stop spinning aspect. That is the oxidative note of sherry cask really helping out there as well. So you can see how those two things start to to lift each other and elevate mm-hmm. elevate each other to telling that story of uh, of our big wee beastie. Well, and uh, wee beastie is a great example of. I always tell people go go back and try a whiskey again after mm-hmm. after the first time the first time you try it because people will try try a whiskey and go I don't like that. And I always say, go back and try it again. Like a couple weeks, couple months, go back and try it again. Because we be time I tasted it, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I was like, that's good. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's you know, I I I got a lot of a lot of like sort of heavy char, but it was kind of like two dimensional to me. I was like, yeah, it's it's fine. And then I, I still had the bottle. A couple months went by, and I was like, let me try this again. And I taste, oh my god! And there was just so much richness. There was so much, um, almost like almost like a. Uh, like burnt ends of bacon and then some sort of like caramel Mm. white chocolate thing almost going on in it too. And it was just go back, go back and taste whiskeys again. But it's got a Mm -hmm. price point too that it's not, 
it's not and not that I'm telling you price point is uh, is anti or pro cocktail, but it's got a price point that allows you to mentally, you know, use it as a cocktail whiskey and not feel, you know, beat up about it. Because um, I like it on its own, but Scotch cocktails are tough for me. Um, they they always miss something, but somebody Dram Fine, um, Pam from Dram Fine yep. Podcast. Who FYI, remember we had we had them on the show and it was was it Pam that had the Ardbeg shrine behind? No, her? it was it was Chelsea. It was Chelsea. <laughs> Literally, it, like there was this shrine built into, and I was like, "What are you pitching?" I mean, like, nobody I'm can in see Ardbeg room. <laughs> anyway, so I she said, um, "I'm a big whiskey sour fan," and she was like, "Try it with uh, peated whiskey." And I had the Ardbeg whiskey. I'm like, "All right, fine." I now that's how I drink them. That's yeah. it. There's no other way. There's no other way to have. They're amazing. It adds an it adds a, a different element of 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 flavor and and um, complexity that I that I think is amazing. So that Weebc was my my introduction into you can have a decent Scotch cocktail. That's not you know that. whatever. But anyway, yeah, that's my piece to that. Thank you for the proof on that. That's what I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very, very happy. Um, That's cool. You know, I actually, I don't think I have, I do have a couple of the samples still. So this would have been, yeah, this would have been like one of the potential applicants oh, right back cool. here. So I have a bunch of them still kind the of like The wee beastie that never was. Well. <laughs> yeah, wee beasties that weren't, never were, essentially, yeah. That's actually, that's um, really, really cool. You know, during the summertime, Haida. Yes. I think about doing cocktails. Yes. But at night, right? Starts getting a little cooler out. Mm -hmm. We light up the chiminea outside. Mm -hmm. I love pouring a little Kilhoman Macker Bay. I know you do, babe. Right? It's got that smokiness, has that sweetness, mm -hmm. but has this brightness too that kind of, you know, you think of smoking, you just think of winter and bundling up. But for me, it's that brightness kind of, it's almost refreshing. I'll have to take your word for it. You don't think like smoky whiskey is refreshing? No. Okay. Well, I hope the Cast Chasers listeners take my word for it because I think I'm damn right in this case. I'm sure you are. You know what else I'm right about? What's up? Impex being a proud sponsor of the Cask Chasers podcast. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. It's pretty cool to get to taste them. And, and you know, as the world shut down, it was just such a bummer because we had worked on this and I was so excited about it. And then the world shut down and we ended up pushing the release just a little bit, you know, and so it was like, ah, oh, like we're waiting, we're waiting. And then as soon as it did finally get released and, and I got my hands on my first bottle, tasting it against the ones that were potential applicants again, it was very clear that, um, that, that we made the right choice as well. I love it was that. very, very clear, you know, uh, I love calf strength whiskeys as well. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of them. But it was um, uh, they, uh, some of them were a little too heavy on the gas pedal, <laughs> just a little too heavy on the gas pedal there. So speaking of making selections and innovation and all that, we're uh, really good at segways. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> often, often on the show we'll go. Speaking of whiskey, and then we'll we'll talk about <laughs> literally anything that we would talk about. On the we show. haven't figured out the art of going to the next question. No, um, but uh, so innovation, up and coming things, being a part of selection processes, et cetera. What, what 
things can you tell us about things that you're excited about that are coming up, um, things that are coming up maybe within the next couple months or this year? Um, what should people be on the lookout for? Or what should even somebody new to whiskey or kind of afraid to, you know, jump into the peat bog, um, what, what, what should they look for from our bag? I love it. I love it. So let's go ahead and we'll start with one that I'm probably most excited for. Um, this should be coming onto shelf here by the end of the month and then into early October. But batch number three of the Trevon, uh, Ardbeg 19 year. Um, I'm really excited for that to hit the mark, for, for that to hit the market here. Uh, I think that having extended age statements, uh, existing within a core range has been that people have been asking for, for, for quite some time. Um, and that has been difficult because as you know, Ardbeg really only relaunched and, and reopened its doors in 1997. Yes, there were some cool experiments and distillates coming off of the stills periodically in the early nineties. Um, but you know, a, a lot of that stuff has been utilized is long since utilized. So when Ardbeg added 19 to not necessarily the core range, but it is a reoccurring one-off release is how we generally communicate it that comes out once a year. And there are batch to batch nuances. So batch number one, which released in 2019, um, was released to a lot of fanfare. Of course, it was adorned with Mickey Heads' signature. Um, anytime you're looking at the bottle of, of 19, there's a whole uh, story that, that is told on the label itself. So, you know, uh, somebody from the distillery will always sign one of the, one of those bottles. Um, the, the bottling code will also include the date that's bottled on. Generally, there's something, uh, there's a unique event on Isla that is happening during, during that bottling time. So Trayvon batch number one was bottled under a massive, massive storm. Batch number two was bottled under what you would call a har a very thick har, so a very, very deep and dense, um, uh, essentially, uh, fog that covered and enshrouded the island. Batch number three, I'm very excited to see the bottling conditions for batch number three. So that's what I'm really excited about is that whiskey coming out, hopefully on shelves in the next week or two or so there. Um, and then for the person who is just getting into Scotch whiskey and also the person who has loved ones in their life, I feel like that should be everyone. God, I got to get out of my apartment. So lonely. So lonely. You're so close uh, to being able to travel again. <laughs> right? I'm like, what, people? I can see people again. I can see loved ones. So, you know, as we move into that O&D, that October, November, December kind of gifting months and whatnot, um, something I think is just absolutely very well-timed is this what we're calling the monsters of smoke packaging. That's Most so people cool. probably won't be able to see this, but it's a we'll three take a screenshot of right. It's a three pack of Ardbeg Wee Beastie, Ardbeg Ten Years, and Ardbeg Anno as well. So these are 200 ml little micro bottlings. The packaging um, for the purpose of gifting, and it is all based on that monsters of smoke. Um, kind of, uh, marketing that, that came with Ardbeg We Beast. And when, when I'm does very that? I'm excited for that. When is that? Uh, that, that will be, uh, that has an on shelf of September 27th. So Just in, in time. A week or so. For as Halloween. Well. Yep. 
That's I gotta, awesome. I got to exactly. take a second and just describe that packaging to all of our listeners because, oh my gosh, just like going back to what we were talking about with Ardbeg's like purposeful eccentricity, that comes through beautifully with that 1950s style, like the blob monster mash. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. Like exactly. movie poster B-mo- feel. B-horror movie. Love yeah, it. exactly. Oh, and great. the Ardbeg bottle just looming in the background, like, rah, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we'll put on social media so you guys can see a picture of it and everything. But that's a. Uh, that's awesome. That's what I mean, man. It's it's Ardbeg has this way of of doing doing it right, doing a little old school, a little new school, and then adding. I'm I'm a I'll be I'll say it. I'm a sucker for shtick. You know what I mean? I'm a I, I like yeah. some for sticky whiskey. Yeah, sticky whiskey. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind it. I, and I think Ardbeg has some great. You know, bottles are cool. Packaging is cool. I mean, you have the the Ardbeg and that came in like the. I don't know if you ever seen the Bardbeg building, but it's like the shape. You know, I think you have it behind the, the, you the there. Warehouse yeah, the yep, warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. I do. Yeah, box, the, the warehouse on the back. There. The barbecue. Um, I think you can literally. Can you cook on the that smoker? The yeah, smoker? there's a um, the smoker. A, yeah, it's like so the the package itself isn't able to, to be. You know, you can't grill with it. But in the bottom there is this little yeah. doodad which is a smoker. You put your wood chips down in the bottom of this, and then you can actually put that into your right? grill as well to turn your grill so, into a smoker. Are you guys hiring anytime soon? Oh, my God. Like- <laughs> hey, you know what? Coincidentally, we are actually hiring for oh. an ambassador in New York City right now. So We, we live are, right we there, Katie. For, for I mean, I just drove up there the other City. day. I can't wait for our next episode when we're like, so Katie's no longer with us. We had Cameron <laughs> on and... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm good. Hey, listen, um, again, and I said this pre-recording, whatever, but I, I'm so appreciative of you coming on and, you know, I, I was able to grab that Instagram live and, and you do a few of them. So, I'll, I mean, we're going to let you do your pitch and everything and Katie will get us out, whatever. But I just want to emphasize, follow, you know, Cameron, what's your screen name on Instagram? Ardbeg Cam, A-R-D-B-E-G, and then just C-A-M. He does uh, Instagram lives from time to time and a lot of cool posts and everything. And I learn a lot and they're very interesting conversations. So that's where I found you. Um, I mean, we know the ambassador, so we know of, but it was good to see you talk and and put that passion and definitely what this, um, I don't even call it, this conversation was about, I think, was just hearing you hearing you be in love with whiskey and specifically this brand, which, which we stand behind too. So anyway, thank you. I've had a blast, but I appreciate it. How fast does an hour go (sighs) when you have a good conversation? You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Seamless. Too much, too fast. And I just realized that even though we wrote it down, I still owe you the funny the Jackie, Jackie story. Do, do you have time to, to do the I funny? Have, of course I have well, time. Well, then do the, the funny Jackie, Jackie we'll story. It. Yes. Let's do it. Right. So, um, Can you start it once upon my, a time? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so once upon a time, I was traveling to, Ardbe- to Ardbeg Distillery. Um, as we had mentioned, I was on Isla, uh, thanks to our wonderful neighbors over at Brooklady, and I wanted to get to know and understand Ardbeg because we carried it at the bar that I was working at at the time. So I, I get to Ardbeg and, you know, I'm this young kind of just hot shot bartender with a head that is way too big to fit into any of the hats that I wear now, for sure. I'm just like, it just, I, I don't know what I was doing walking around with, you know, that, that just self-assured, you know, 
Um, so I get to Ardbeg and I ask, I get there and I ask for a tour and it happens to be Jackie who, you know, is walking around and, and she, she offers to give this group that I'm with, uh, a, a tour. And so we I gladly accept any time that Jackie, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't know her at this point. And now she is somebody that I just, uh, when she is speaking, you shut up and you listen to her. She is the most absolute brilliant human being that I, that I think I know. Um, so Jackie sets out and she's giving us this tour of the grounds at Ardbeg. And then we walk into this room that is called the Robert Bobby room or the milling room at Ardbeg. And this is where they grind the grist, grit, and husk, um, or they grind the malted barley down into grist, grit, and husk. So... Essentially, this is done at Ardbeg on what's called a Robert Bobby Mill. It is, I believe there's maybe 15 of them in the Scotch whiskey industry left right now. Mm. Um, it is a roller mill that has to be hand adjusted. So this is one of the things at Ardbeg where it's like, wow, again, nonsensical. Um, it's not industry standard. You, it, it, it takes a little bit more. There's a little bit more of a human element to whiskey production at Ardbeg. And this is one of the first areas that that rears its head. So she's explaining the operation of this mill and how it's been at Ardbeg since 1915, um, how there's one family that is responsible for, for fixing it anytime it breaks down and whatnot. So, you know, we're standing in front of the mill and there's a box that's in front of the mill. And inside the box, there are three compartments, one for grist, one for grit, and one for husk. That is essentially what you grinded that malted barley down into. Um, the grist is essentially like um, like a, a little bit of a finer flour. Um, the husk is, of course, uh, the you know the the predominantly the shell of the malted barley, and then the grit is somewhere in between the two of those. So you need the proper combination of grit, grist, and husk um, to uh, essentially to to move forward in the process. So I'm standing there, and Jackie picks up some malted barley out of, out of the, uh, like out of the, the box in front of the bobby mill and she pops it into her mouth. And I'm like, Oh, this hot shot kid, I've been in a distillery before. So there's a bucket on the ground. So I grab some malted barley out of the bucket and I throw it into my mouth there. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I, I'm at our deck. The flavors, all of these things that are communicated in the whiskey I'm having in the raw ingredient, the malted barley. This is incredible. I'm just, it, waves of euphoria are just washing over me. And then Jackie turns and she picks up the bucket and she spits into it and holds the bucket out for everybody else to spit into. Oh, that's no. awesome. <laughs> well, I had reached into the spit bucket. Yes. At yes. Oh my yep. God. Is there any way to really taste all of. <laughs> Exactly. All of Ardbeg. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I tasted Ardbeg and everybody that had been also tasting <laughs> You're Ardbeg. more connected. Ardbeg. There's a lot you're, of history yeah. in your, that. Your <laughs> DNA is infused, I yeah. think, oh, biologically. Absolutely. That's yeah. rough, dude. That's, oh that's fantastic. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just waiting to lead a tour of your own mm. for some other hotshot to come through and be like, here's a bucket just uh, for exactly. you? <laughs> 100%. Every time that we're at Ardbeg now, and I... I I see it's the same white bucket that has been there for years. Like, yes, they've cleaned it. Of course, they empty it and whatnot as well. But I look at it every time I look at I walk into the Robert Bobby Mill. It's the first thing that I see. Like, it's oh, the absolute man. first thing I see. And I'm like, oh, 
you're still here. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's an amazing story to go out on. I'm so glad you brought that back up. <laughs> oh my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. So I, I both of feel course. sorry. I don't, I, and hopefully we have you on more in the future and we can, you know, we, we whatever, but I want to laugh harder at you, but you're a new <laughs> guest, so I got to be kind and polite, but I want to. At or with? With? At, Both. Sure. At, that, mostly. No, at. I want to laugh at him, <laughs> but I yeah. can't, but I, I got to be polite right now. But if we were like really close, I would never let you da- let that go. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, no, that's fantastic. That's something I would do. So that's oh, 100%, that's 100%. a hundred percent. That's a why. Bobby, Bobby I can't and I to go to Scotland. With I would a hundred percent. I would have a spoon. You guys aren't having any of this. No, no, no. You're going to get a picture no, no. from us sometime next year if we can make this trip happen. And it's just going to be all of us with like a ladle like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> In front of that bucket. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's funny. That's oh, good. Man. Well, this has been absolutely delightful. And uh, yeah. So much fun. Yeah. It's, it's tough to wrap it up because we say this a lot, but it's definitely applying here. We could keep going on this conversation. But hopefully the next time we pick up, uh, we'll be able to do it in studio with you here. So, yeah. Definitely, let's figure out how to awesome. make that happen. Thank you so much, yeah, Cam. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Cam. Thank you all so much. And thank you for all the, the hard work in the whiskey space as well, bringing so many new consumers to these brands and then also just raising brand awareness in general, um, not only for the brands, but on, on behalf of the category of whiskey as well. You know, these folks like you are literally the life force of, the, of this industry. Wow. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Cam. That, that means a lot. I'm blushing. It's a good thing this is a podcast. I, I can't see. Right. I can't see. <laughs> All right, Chasers, that'll do it for now. If this was your first time tuning in, what took you so long? All jokes aside, we're so happy to welcome you to the Cast Chasers family, and we definitely hope you'll come back for more next week. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, in short, wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can even join our Facebook group for bonus points. And if you want even more Cast Chasers, check out our website, castchasers.org, for show notes, Cast Chasers swag, and more. Until next time you join us, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. (laughs) 